This is the Kamloops Insider with Parker Bennett. Welcome to the Kamloops Insider podcast. On this edition, which is edition number 21, I believe that's 21. And uh, we're going to start it off a little unique today. Uh, I'm just going to go around the room kind of like a poker card game and just see where everybody has lived. Hmm. Philippa. Okay. Um, well, I was born in London, England, and then moved to Zambia in Africa, and then moved to Rhodesia, which is now Zimbabwe. And How then, long did you live in, in sorry? Africa for? I was there until I was nine. Okay. Yeah. And then um, moved back to England, lived in the city, lived in the country, and then moved to Kamloops. I know, weird, right? No, I think that's great. That's a great ending. Okay. Kamloops. It is a great ending, actually. Allie. Well, I was born in uh, Buenos Aires, Argentina. Oh. <laughs> How sexy is that, eh? <laughs> um, I lived there until I was 27. And then I moved to Canada. I moved to Kamloops first. I studied hospitality here. Then I moved to Whistler. And then I moved to Fort Mac. And then I came back because this is home for my husband. So this is where we're staying. Forever? Never say never. <laughs> I, or I ever. Would, never I say would, ever. <laughs> I would say it's a good place to say it is. It is, it is a forever. This is where, for now, it's going to be forever. Okay, cool. Uh, before I officially introduce our guest, Ashley, where, where, where have you been? Uh, so I actually was born here. I was born in White Rock, and I lived here until I was about nine, and then uh, moved to England and lived all around England. Uh, and then about five years ago, I moved back to Canada. Cool. There's a lot of accents in this room, right? And, and Emma, don't worry, I'm getting to you. <laughs> <laughs> Emma's from the land down under. Whereabouts, Emma? I am from Melbourne, Australia, and I lived there most of my life. And then I moved to Chicago, and I lived in Chicago for about six months, and then here to Kamloops. Forever. Yeah, I guess forever. Forever. <laughs> Okay, and as a segue, I'll just kind of comment on where I'm from. I uh, was born in a place called Lennoxville, uh, which is just outside of Sherbrooke, Quebec. And while I was doing some research for this podcast, um, my family's all from Quebec, I wanted to find out more about the town asbestos. So that's the topic <laughs> we we're going to talk about today. And it just so happens when I asked my mom, um, you know, how far asbestos was from where we were growing. She, she's like, we, we lived in asbestos. I'm like, no way. <laughs> so I thought, what a great segue to get us talking about asbestos. Oh, my goodness. And I have single-handedly spent living time in asbestos Quebec. <laughs> so um, now I'd officially like to introduce our guests. <laughs> Ashley Eaton, tell us about your business, Ashley. Um, so I own and, I guess, oversee uh, the operations within Rainbow Restorations. So we do fire, flood, mold, asbestos, um, and all the glorious stuff in between. Cool. So you, you do restoration work and abatement? Correct. So restoration is normally classified as, like, the floods yep. um, part of it. And then, yes, we use the terminology abatement for mold and asbestos. Okay. And what is your company motto? <laughs> we restore, you recover. I love that motto. That's good, <laughs> right? That's yeah. awesome. Like You're not too. the first person to say, just say it. Just please, just say that one line. <laughs> just, just say it. 
Um, okay, so today we're talking about asbestos, which is a very litigious word when it comes to selling residential homes. Can be. <clears throat> Ironically, in commercial, nobody cares. No, I mean, it's actually a fantastic product. It's super versatile. Um, you can use it in many different forms. It's um, a product which actually in, um, I always forget the word, you know, in The Simpsons, I think I said this to you before, the power plant, the nuclear yep. power plant, they actually use it as insulation though, because right. it's kind of deemed as less um, deadly, I guess. Than alternatives. Than alternatives. Um, and when it's not disturbed, it's great, you yes. know? So. And like, okay, let's back it up a little bit. We're kind of getting ahead of ourselves. What is asbestos? <laughs> um, it is a natural... Uh, mineral, not mineral, a substance that comes from the earth and uh, you get different forms. There's like probably three, maybe four main types that are used that are seen in houses. Okay. Do not ask me to say that. We don't need a scientific version. (laughs) I will. Yeah. I get all tongue tied with it. Yeah. I mean, it's a natural substance comes from the earth. We have dug holes in the ground to get it because it's really good for certain things that we need. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Insulation being like an insulator. Yeah, insulation, uh, drywall compound, um, glue, tape. Um, I refer to my notes for other things. Um, it goes on to tiles, um, cement, uh, backings. You have it for lots of different things. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to jump over to Ali. I'm just going to ask you really quickly, what is your experience with asbestos? <laughs> Um, throughout the years, I started. The more you learn, the less you fear it. Right. And I'm going to start by that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my very first time I heard asbestos was when I owned a house in BC, and uh, we were being relocated, and the relocation company did a, a a very thorough and said you may contain asbestos because of the year built. Right. And and I was running around in fear. Yeah, thinking, I don't know what it is. There's absolutely no reason to fear it. So they say anything prior to 1990. But um, you kind of hit the nail on the head with the previous podcast talking about the um, construction boom back in 2005. And yeah, you know, if you want to be safe, then absolutely everything should be tested just in case. But WorkSafe is our overall governing body when it comes to it. And they say anything prior to 1990 is mandatory to test. Okay. So when you say that, I'm just going to like kind of seed to the audience that if you were doing a restoration job Mm -hmm. in a house and your company came in and there was a bunch of, let's say it's a 1972 house Mm -hmm. and there's been a flood yes, and the drywall in the basement needs to be removed, you would then have to test that as per WCB regulations, correct? Absolutely. We use a third party and then there's no biased opinion. Right for it but yes so explain to me unless of course they've sorry unless of course they've had renovations since and they can prove the renovations were post 1990 oh really yeah okay Mm. interesting that that is interesting yeah okay so let's let's make it really controversial (laughs) Uh I have an invoice (laughs) we're not that far into it yet (laughs) I have an invoice that shows that my drywall has been replaced and renovated in a basement but maybe my insulation hasn't do you, do you really care or do you dive into it that deep? 
So you're talking about insulation in your walls. Yes. So unless it's a much older house, it's, your insulation is going to be the pink stuff. Right. So normally they use the um, contaminated uh, vermiculite in the attic right. for insulation. Mm-hmm. So just touching on that, there is actually a real common misconception that vermiculite is asbestos. Right. It's not. Absolutely. So it's just where they were mining for it and where the veins of asbestos actually cross over into the vermiculate uh, areas and it got contaminated. So we have to treat it all as asbestos containing, even though some of it is absolutely fine. Right, because vermiculite mm. is also like it's a silica, right? It's another product. Yeah, well, from the silica earth. is a whole another podcast. Right, <laughs> but it's essentially like it's its own thing. Yeah, we still use it today. You can get it at Lions mm-hmm. Landscaping if you're looking yep. to aerate your plants and stuff, right? So a good trick would be to take a bag of that stuff and stuff it in your neighbor's attic because when he gets his home inspection, <laughs> you're gonna have to go through a process, right? Because you can't mm-hmm. identify it by seeing it. You can't see no. asbestos. No, uh, no, you have to send it to a lab. They have to look at the fibers. Right. Yeah. Okay. So where do we find it? We find it in old stuff in our house, right? Um, I'll just, from my experiences, the stuff that typically gets picked on is the vermiculite insulation found in an attic, which is a retrofit item, not necessarily like a a new build 1965 house is not getting it. But in the 70s, when there was a a bit of a gas boom, Mm -hmm. it became more understood that we need to sort of like be more efficient with our house. So we would like retrofit our house. We'd add insulation to it. And this was a product It was called gold nugget. It was really super common, which is also considered zonal light. Zonal light was kind of a brand of a product that, uh, would, you know, would sell the stuff and you would open your attic and you'd chuck it everywhere. And then you'd usually throw the bag in there. That's the only reason I knew about it because you'd see the bag sitting up there and then you, so that's one. Okay. Get carried away on that one. Um, the nine inch by nine inch tiles that are typically known in like pre early sixties houses and a lot of schools and a lot of schools. Yeah, correct. A lot of schools. Um, the ducting tape, the transitional tape on, on ducting, um, super easy to like see it. Right. So it gets picked on Mm -hmm. and still to this day, a lot of insulation on, on electrical wiring. Yes, absolutely. I should have brought pictures. I did actually have pictures I was going to show you guys too because I have a dollhouse. That's my daughter's, not mine. (laughs) I sometimes play with it. (laughs) um, (laughs) um, And I take it like to trade shows and stuff and I play like pin the asbestos on the house. Oh, yeah. And one of those things is the insulation on the wires from back in the day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, like plaster and... And mud and the adhesive yeah, tape. Yeah, the mud. And, so, again, yeah. people always think it's drywall, and it's not the drywall. It's the mud um, that is actually containing. Do you know why asbestos and mud is so good? Um, I'll ask my mom. She's a scientist. Oh. <laughs> I really have no idea. <laughs> I never really pinned that into I guess the I never thought about it because yeah, okay. it's not something I need to know. All right. But we're going to have you back next week, and we're going to come <laughs> to the conclusion of this. <laughs> this person. Um, what years should we be concerned? Now you said pre nineties, pre 1990, pre 90s. Although, I mean, for me personally, just from working in it, yes, it's a great product and you don't need to be as scared about it as a lot of people make out. If it's not being disturbed, you're absolutely fine. So, you know, if you're, um, you want to renovate your kitchen floor, if you're going over the top of it, don't bother bringing it up. 
Honestly, it's an expense you don't need to worry about. Just go straight over the top. Right. If you're going to just paint a room and not move any walls, just paint over the top. You're actually sealing it in. Encapsulating it. Exactly. Right. That's ex the exact term that we use. Um, but, you know, I, I'd probably test anything nowadays. Maybe more out of curiosity right. um, because I'm in this industry now. Right. But, yeah, definitely uh, WorkSafe says 1990. But Okay, let's dive into that a little bit. Oh, WorkSafe. WorkSafe is the body that governs the procedure for dealing with it. Okay, so WorkSafe is not a government entity. Right. It is actually an entity um, of its own, and they govern any worker. Workers. So um, if you have um, a, a, you know, a kid off the street or your neighbor's kid or something, and he comes over and he's 18, just be legal here, <laughs> be careful what I say, and he helps you mow the lawn and then you pay him with a beer, right. you're technically his employer now. Right. And WorkSafe could say, hey, um, I need my... Where is the anti-bullying procedure for this job <laughs> that, <we have? laughs> that is another podcast. We won't get into it. I hope you're writing notes, it. Emma, for all these different types of yeah. podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> I need to write notes. It's all recorded. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, they govern us on what we can do. Uh, they get a lot of their stuff um, from, uh, I want to say the EPA. It escapes my mind right now, but from America, yep. um, where a lot of regulations can come from. Um, and where the basis um, for the AHERA training in BC comes from. And that's kind of like your, I don't right. know if you ever, as a home inspector, ever touched on that a little bit yeah, yeah we did yeah um so more so just curious about like so you go into a home it's had a flood and you walk in and you know the vintage of the house is going to be whatever mm -hmm. 60s 70s 80s whatever yep so we take samples and you and you take some samples okay and boom it's positive for asbestos yes in whatever form so now you need to still remediate the house but we have to do abatement first yes correct correct who governs how it's abated? WorkSafe. Okay. So they can come on site. So we actually have to, there's a whole process. Um, so we have to submit a notice of project to them. Yep. We have to show uh, the type of asbestos, um, what percentage is containing, um, and it can range from anywhere from like 2% to 58% or more. Right. Um, and then what type of asbestos it actually is. Yep. Um, to determine whether we would have a moderate risk or a high risk. Right. There's different um, stages of decontamination that we use. There's different equipment that we use. Right. So like with a high-risk abatement, um, our guys have, uh, people on the podcast can't see this, but it's a respirator and it has an electrical battery attached to it, which actually pushes clean air, filtered air, um, into their mask for them to be able to breathe. Right. Whereas with a uh, moderate risk, you just have to have, um, they call them P100 cartridges, which are on the outside, which is just a pad thing which filters the air for you to breathe in. Right. I'm trying to look at everybody and be like, correct, so, talking to everyone. But so, for the, so for the listeners, it's like a spacesuit, right? Absolutely. The high risk is going to be a spacesuit. It's pressured air so that if there's a leak in the system, it, clean air is going out and not... Yeah, so we have like two, right? Because we have we built the containment field around it yep. with um, poly and um, sticks, not 
no, that's not the right word, um, but like a frame. Yeah. And then they have the technicians have their suits on too, right. um, with gloves, so it's impenetrable. Yeah. Um, it's great if you want to get your summer body. So try and do an abatement. Sweat it out. Yep. Try yep. and do the abatement like <laughs> around February time, and uh, yeah, because there's no air, there's no flow. So who pays for the abatement in an insurance claim when you find asbestos inside, let's say, mud? The insurance policy should cover it. Okay. Um, we haven't come across any policy that doesn't cover it yet. Okay. Um, but they change insurance all the time, right? Now, remind me, Emma, because I want to come back to that statement, because it's a really important statement you just made. Um, and now I'm going to dip out now of that. Now I'm worried. Now uh, I'm going to dip out of that and come back to it. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about... So you you think you have asbestos in your house. Mm-hmm. And you want to get rid of it so that nobody finds it. Yep. So you're going to, and I'll give you an example, would be like if you had vermiculite in your attic and you wanted to get rid of that stuff because you didn't want uh, a potential sale to collapse or something along those lines. So you decide, I'm going to tackle this project myself. Yep. And I'll get my shop back up there and I'll put on a Costco mask and, and, and off I go. Yep. Now, technically, that's okay. Absolutely. Yeah, as a homeowner, you're allowed to abate in your own house. There's Professionally, dis- there's I would There's disclosure issues with that. Yes. There's, yeah. And you, this is where, unless you've actually been in the industry, you don't have enough experience. Right. You don't realize um, how deadly those fibers can be. The fact that, you know, the dust mass that you picked up from Canadian Tire or whatever that doesn't actually stop those fibers going in. It's now becoming dangerous for your family, for your friends, any potential buyers. Um, but you are absolutely allowed to do it, and I'm sure there's probably a YouTube yep, um, <laughs> video. Have you already I found it? I checked it out before the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, but you might come up across things, and like we have specialist equipment too, right? So we have HEPA vacs. Yep. Um, we wouldn't use a shop vac. That's more for just dispersing asbestos rather than (laughs) back into the air right yeah yeah no good to note um this is where it gets kind of funny because out of sight out of mind if somebody sucks the vermiculite out of your attic and the next buyer owner of the house is two years down the road Mm -hmm. they don't see it they don't know anything about it what's the likelihood of them contaminating their lungs through through like the asbestos Oh. They would be dispersed probably throughout the house if it wasn't done, even moderately correct. How long's a piece of string? All right. It depends on how much um, of the vermiculite was contaminated. Right. You know, say there was 20 bags up there, but actually only one was contaminated. Then it's, it's really hard to tell. Yeah. And the only way we would be able to tell is if you did air monitoring testing. That was an open-ended question. I just want to create some conversation. <laughs> okay. So is it risky? Yes. I think we all agree. To remove it. Definitely. Nobody disagrees that asbestos yeah. is bad stuff. But do we dramatize it? Oh, yeah. And I would say we just had this discussion kind of before the podcast that if you were to clean your bathtub and you want to do a really good job, this is really stained. You've you been putting it off for a few weeks, a few months, a few years, whatever. Um, <laughs> and you throw, the, you throw the comet down, right, which is bleach. And what do we say? We mixed it with it. It made a re- ammonia. ammonia. It makes for a fantastic cleaning agent. 
but it's really bad for you. Mm. Deadly. People have died from not having fresh Proper air ventilation. during that process, right? And then that, dis- that kind of like got us into a discussion about what's under your kitchen sink. Like what's really down there? What do we, do we ever read the Wemis report on our cleaning agent or um, our dishwasher detergent? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. But if you were to take the average person and say, would you be more comfortable or less comfortable owning a home that has had for sure asbestos somewhere in its house? Or if I were to read you the Wemis report on the seven cleaning agents that have lived under your sink... And you didn't know what the agents were, but you just read the Wemis report. I'm pretty sure you'd probably pick asbestos. Because you'd be like, there's no way I'm living in the yeah. house with all that toxic stuff. Mm-hmm. But then when you show up and arrive, you look down there and it, that one has lemon scent. That one's a good one, right? Because <laughs> asbestos isn't, we were kind of touched on this before, asbestos isn't being branded anymore. If we were still using it and it was still being branded, I'm pretty sure corporate bodies would be... We'd be branding it better. Yeah, for sure. But what, what about the common products that still contain asbestos? Oh, there's lots we of stuff about that still that. has it. Because you can manufacture asbestos outside of the United States and Canada. I don't know where you can't, but I know China you can. Right? Because the, the drywall that we were receiving in the mm-hmm. last housing boom came yep. from China, and it has asbestos amongst a bunch of other toxic it's stuff. It's just like pharmaceuticals, though, right? You yeah. know, some things are okay here, but they're not okay in Canada, uh, in the States. Mm-hmm. And they're semi-okay in England and kind of each country. You can imagine moving them. into a new house in a subdivision that was from 1960s. And you wake up day two and you walk out your front door with your coffee and you notice Rainbow International doing asbestos abatement on the house next door to you. And they drop a pamphlet off and say, just so you know, the error of the house that you have would also be a high risk for this high risk asbestos that we've just abated in this property, you would swallow deeply, right? You, you would be, yeah. what the heck did I just do, right? But the truth is, I think, my opinion only here, if you're buying a house, you're buying some bad stuff, period. There's stuff in your house right now, in a 2018 build house, that will kill you dead. I promise you. If you breathe it in, if you eat it, if you... Rub it on your skin for long enough. It's going to give <laughs> you rash. Everything in moderation, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So I think, I think asbestos is just something that has had a litigious aura around it that has had a lot of traction. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and no doubt, I don't think anyone disagrees. It's bad stuff. Now, this is where I'm going back to the insurance part. Because I feel the insurance companies paying for the abatement has added to its drama. Because... If, let's say insurance companies didn't pay for it. So, okay, so that's a difficult one because if, um, you know, if you have a flood, normally on the flooring side of it, um, it's the tiles, right, and the glue. So when we're trying to dry that out, we can't get airflow. Right. So if we can't get airflow, then you're going to end up with mold. That's right. And everything else. So we have to remove the product to be able to continue. Right. It's not a kind of should we or could we, is we can't dry it. You got to You got to pull it up in order to get the water out. Yeah. Yeah. So I see what you're saying, but definitely it's, um, each case is unique. And I think that's, no, you got the right point there. But what I'm saying is that people would be doing it 
incorrectly more often if insurance companies didn't have the financial backing to pay for it in the oh, proper procedure. Oh, you mean remove it themselves? Yeah. If you were to walk out of a house and say, listen, it needs $25,000 worth of abatement before we can properly drive this house, that homeowner is going to go, I guess I'll do it myself. And off he goes. Yeah. And then slowly but surely, asbestos would disappear from the litigious... Yeah, I don't know, because it's, it's a work safe that pushes it. So, I mean, they could be in par, and I've never really thought about it from that perspective of the insurance company. And I really do see, I guess, a lot from WorkSafe because I can't do anything without... No, I, and I, I totally get it. Home. And so now we're on the conversation <laughs> of WorkSafe, Uh-oh. and I hope I don't have any clients that are on WorkSafe, but I, I took a photo yesterday that I thought would be applicable if we talked about WorkSafe in some manner. So I'm going to show it to you, and then I'm going to describe it to the audience so that they can see. This was on a logging road... Um, WorkSafe had put this this uh, huge sign up right at the end of a logging road. It hits a highway. And it says, real truckers maintain their stuff. <laughs> maintain their rig. Maintain their rig. I'm standing corrected. And I thought, if that convinces a truck driver to maintain his vehicle, then I'm going to get one made up for our household. For your daughters? For my, for, <laughs> for the, yeah, for everybody. Like, I, I don't think that would persuade somebody to maintain their vehicle but yet i bet you that sign was expensive and i bet you it's on a ton of places right i'm not really sure what they're trying to achieve with that it's work safe bc doesn't matter it's what they are they're not a government no they're they're governing body (laughs) they're governing body i guess they've been given power by the government yeah to enforce and for a lot of good reasons i'm playing hard on them for right now just taking the, the, the other side of the hand for, mm-hmm. for a moment. It's my role. Um, <laughs> let's just jump back one second to vermiculite insulation for one second. Vermiculite insulation, if it was tested and found to have no content of asbestos in it, mm-hmm. what would the report say from your um, third party? Non-containing non-containing on the particular lab that we use yeah it would just say non-containing because it's split into a cell uh into a table right so it says where the sample was taken yep the date and then um asbestos containing and then it says non-containing would it have uh, would it have like further details that maybe testing further testing could find on the samples that we gave no so that again i used to take a lot of samples so it might have changed since then. So samples should not be taken just by going up into the roof right. and putting your hand in. That yep. is not the correct way. <laughs> there is a correct procedure. Yes. You want to dig down deep with your bottle. Yes, and you get can get dust because it the it's heavier, so it yep. settles to the bottom, but also um, different areas. So like I said before, like you could have a an attic where you use twenty bags, but actually only one was. Um, contaminated yeah yeah so that's where you have to do multiple samples and the samples you have to take are like this big right you have to fill a bag like that and they test all that whole bag okay it was different when i did it um we had bottles they were small it just said you know dig down deep make sure you're not taking it from the surface because it is heavier Mm -hmm. but the reports that we got back always said the same thing doesn't matter doesn't have anything in it but probably does anyways test again until you find it so it was really? like, what was the point of the test if the mm-hmm. answer was going to be 
We can't find any. Could but be them keep covering their own back, though. Mm -hmm. uh, it could be that particular lab doing that. Yeah, fair enough. That was like I think that was Washington State University that that stuff went to. I use a lab in Vancouver. Okay. So if it says trace amounts, you need to get it. You can test further. Done. Um, WorkSafe does have rules, and um, I don't have it to hand right now. I could probably find it, but I think it's more than. I want to say 0.2%, but I would need to double check that so, fact. Sounds, sounds is, about right. Yeah. Maybe close to that anyways, right? Uh, if it's more over, over over that percentage, then we have to remove it. Anything under, yeah, it's there, but they're not mm -hmm. overly worried about it. Mm -hmm. So vermiculite, would they, would they want you to move it if you had to abate something? Let's say you had a roof leak. Would mm -hmm. that be something you'd get involved in? Yeah. I yeah, guess so. Absolutely. Yeah, water, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, let's say you had a roof leak. Water was coming in for five years into the attic, then into the walls, and you saw vermiculite, mm -hmm. and you tested for it, and it came back. They would say, possibly, they could say that's low risk or no risk. and To remove it? Yeah. Um, if it's containing, or do you mean the insurance company? Let's say you checked the vermiculite, and it said non-containing asbestos, or trace amounts, mm -hmm. which is a term that I've seen. Then by WorkSafe, um, it would depend on... See, the lab I use, it specifically says the exact percentage. Okay. So then I know I'm within WorkSafe guidelines. And it even says on the report that we get, under WorkSafe guidelines, it should be this, you are under, you are over, whatever. And right. then I have the table. Okay. Interesting. That I didn't know. That's interesting. Um, if you disclose... I'm sorry, but it's, it's not often that you say something that Parker didn't know. If you were to disclose you had vermiculite insulation on your PDS, on your solid house, it'd be a red flag, and there's a very good potential that a mortgage lender would not give you a fi financing on this property. I was actually talking to a mortgage lender this morning, yep. and they said they would... It depends if you get insurance. Right. But that could mm -hmm. just be that particular institute um, saying that they would. They no, just and fair insurance. enough. You've, you've, that's twice now. Because that's, I'm going to stand corrected. It is the underwriter that would stop you. It's not the bank. Bank don't care. The underwriter would be, no thanks. We don't want to take, we don't want to insure, you know, something of this nature. Right? I, I th it's one of those things, right? You know, you have houses that are um, below the flood, li flood line. And they still get insurance, but it's at a premium. Yep. Um, so you would be able to find somebody out there. You just might not be able to get it as cheap as... Right. When I, I say know. when I say insurer, I mean mortgage insurer, not like the mm -hmm. house insurer. Sorry. Just to, if people are listening, just so they understand. Like Genworth, Canada Direct, something like that, or CMHC, CMHC which is a yeah. real, real common one, um, who, who insure mortgages for um, sales on, on residential properties that are below people are putting less than 20% down. Mm -hmm. And even above 20, if, that, if there's a risk in the house, they could still recommend insuring. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Let's think about, there's 33 some thousand dwellings in Camus. How many of those, just asking you opinion, no facts. Um, how many houses do you think, though. in a percentage wise, would contain asbestos? I don't know, but, uh, you know, 80% of Kamloops was built prior to 1990. Right. Um, and that number, so if, like, we took that percentage then, and then we look at kind of anything, I don't know, like 90 to 100 years prior, um, 
could be on the cusp. Like yep. we've had homes um, right next door to each other, in fact, and one's come back positive and the other one's come back as horsehair right. that was used. So. Oh, yeah, the building, building regulations and requirements back then were a little different, right? Like lots of sawdust houses, yep. right? Sawdust insulation. And they're actually changing again as well with steps um, and how the envelope or the building is... Um, they're, ma- they're concentrating more on it being airtight. Yep. And so they're actually kind of changing the legislation over the next um, little while and saying that there is kind of no right or wrong way to build a wall, just how airtight you make it. Right. Um, so it's going to change again. More mold business for you. Because as the tighter the house is, the more impactful moisture levels become. <laughs> yes. Right. It's good. It's good for business. Um, any closing thoughts? Ali? Ali? Thank you, Philippa. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, my closing thoughts would be uh, inform yourself. Learn. Don't just uh, do what I did the first time I heard the word asbestos and I was panicking. Right. um, Trying to see if now I want to sell this house. Get rid of it. Mm -hmm. You can live with it. Just uh, get all the information first. There's other things in that house that will kill you just as bad. We just haven't talked about it on the podcast, so you don't know about it, right? Kill you just as bad is... is just as good. Don't, don't you just, just get killed good. and that's it? Yeah. Teacher. End of story. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All, uh, honestly, um, Ashley has been so lovely and brought us in these cakes, and that's my oh, final I thought. Is, yeah. Can I open nice. that now? I can smell them from here. Okay. It's been like... <laughs> I want to pick first. <laughs> Yeah, Did I, you guys strategically put it as far away from me as possible? As far away from me, yeah. <laughs> we can smell them from here. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you, Ashley. You're very Thank welcome. You. And I agree with Ali. Definitely educate yourself. And, you know, if you can't find the information online, give us a call. We do free assessments in town, and we're able to answer any questions. We have a whole department um, that is solely dedicated on um, hazardous materials yep. and can answer any question you have on it. So if you think you have something that you'd like to get tested, would that be something that you would do? Absolutely. Okay, good. Um, Here's my closing thoughts. Would you rather live next to an open pit asbestos mine or an open pit magnesium mine? Oh. Now we have to go home and do our research on magnesium. (laughs) I already did the research. Um, Just about to spit it out. But I think I drink magnesium at night. We'd all be fast asleep. Is matter. that a good thing? Like a magnesium tea? I think you need it in your body. That's yeah. A, it's a definitely yeah. something you need. I don't know if I need a, a you, whole no, pit have, beside my you house. You just have to pick next to the um, asbestos mine or magnesium mine. Open pit. Okay. You pick one. I pick one and then we'll see which one. <laughs> <laughs> survives. <laughs> see what survives. Ashley, what do you think? Um, are they both active? Both active. Uh, I'm going to go with, Just because well, I you know what, up. because I have yeah. to, I'm going to have to go with asbestos. Okay. Well, you'd all be right because it doesn't matter. There you it, go. It's the same mine. Oh, exactly I didn't the know same that. Mine. Uh, magnesium comes from the same spot that, that uh, asbestos comes from. Oh. And so the Jeffrey mine, which is the big open pit, the world's largest open pit asbestos mine from asbestos Quebec. <laughs> has been purchased by Alliance Magnesium, who now wants to create uh, a magnesium pit out of it. 
and it's getting a lot of attention from asbestos haters because it's the same, it's the exact mm -hmm. same procedure is going to happen. Uh, and now the eyes are open to all the other magnesium open pit mines. Well, does that mm -hmm. also mean that magnesium is contaminated with asbestos as well then? It may, but I think the procedure that they use is fairly safe for extraction. Hmm. It's just the idea of living next to an asbestos open pit mine. Sounds ridiculous, right? But interestingly enough, the town of asbestos is growing in population. Well, there you go. Mm. So a special shout out to my hombres back in Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> if you're looking for a good deal on a house, I can refer you to a realtor out there. <laughs> okay, Ashley, how do people get a hold of you if they want to uh, utilize your services for mold remediation, uh, asbestos abatement? Lots of different ways. You can call us on 778-470-2237 uh, right. uh, or social media, Instagram, Facebook, uh, or via email at office at rainbowcamlips.com. Cool. We restore, you recover. Nice. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> nice ending. Nice ending. Thanks for being with us, Ashley. I appreciate you and all your information and your gift packages, which is cool. You got yeah. one here. Nice. I even bought Emma one. I know. That's super yeah. nice. It's so sweet. Gets me. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thanks, thanks for joining us on the podcast. You're See welcome. you next time. Thanks for having me. Bye.